enlightening, informative, sexy, and fun. Welcome to Looking for Love with your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Dr. Lori will help you find the love you desire and show you how to have more love and passion in your life. Whether you're single, dating, in a relationship, married, or going through a breakup or divorce, Dr. Lori is here to help. This is Looking for Love, and here's your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Looking for Love, and I'm Dr. Lori Buckley. And today we are talking about desire, all kinds of desire, sexual desire, desire for things that we want in our life, and desire is important, or is it? What do you think, Mark? I think it's a fantastic word. Yes, desire is good. And yes, I am joined again by my co-host, Mark Phelan. And desire, it is a good word. Just something about it, it sounds good, right? Well, I mean, it follows up with the word want. What do you want? Yeah, and then the question is, can you want something if you already have it? Oh, I think that's an absolute yes. <laughs> I don't know. You look, I mean, look, at, look at really super wealthy people. Mm-hmm. They literally can buy anything. Right. Is that, do they sit back and sit on an island and hang out? No, they just keep acquiring, acquiring, acquiring. Why do they keep acquiring? Because, because they, they desire what they don't have, and then they need to acquire it. Exactly. But once they acquire it, then they don't desire that. Then they have to acquire something else. That's the perpetual motion that seems a little, as a, to a poor person, what the heck? Right. So, I mean, if you think about it, if we can still feel that longing, that desire, even when we have something, we wouldn't need to keep acquiring things mm-hmm. or people. And I do think that is something that many of us, if not all of us in some form, you know, wrestle with. Sure. It was the- like me in my college days. I desired a chick. Boom, boom. Knock them out left and right. And then another one, and then another exactly. one. Exactly, boom, and a boom, and a boom. Yeah, and maybe of we just... Of course, that's all fantasy. Is, well, it's in the past. <laughs> ancient, ancient past. Oh, ancient history is sad, but, you I... know, it still is in the realm of possibility. But we desire food, and, and having one bite of something may not be enough. So then we need more, and then we need What's more. What's the key to advertising is to create a need or desire of something that you don't have and you don't even think you need. Perfect example, look at what we're looking at, drinking coffee made out of a Keurig. Didn't exist 10 years ago. Now, I have to have that. It's fabulous. Oh, my God. It's the best thing. Any yeah. newfangled technology becomes, look, look no further than the lines outside any of the Apple store when another iPhone comes out. I'm going to camp out for the iPhone 7. I got the 6, the 5, the 4, the 3, the 2, and the 1. Right. And there's a reason why there's a line. That's not by accident. Mm-hmm. Look at Steve Jobs before whoever could they know that they're going to be producing this phone. They could probably produce as many phones as they want. Absolutely. And yet there are people waiting in line and having to wait for a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. before they get it, which creates that that no further than what's coming up in about three weeks. Another example of the American humanity turning into the the lemmings and the crazy people. Black Friday. Thanksgiving. Right. People will stay up all night so they can go get a big screen TV that two weeks later they can get for probably 50 bucks cheaper <laughs> by just driving in and walking in and getting it. Yeah. and But now we have Cyber Monday, which I yeah. think is probably, Fair. if it hasn't already, it will either become or already is probably more sure. popular. Sure. Although, you know, I, I remember, and I think it's still happening, you know, you get to watch the news the next morning. And well, now it used to be they'd open early up in the morning. Now it's like midnight the night before. Exactly. And there's people going crazy. Crazy. I mean, I think there was actually some injuries that had happened. Oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> always. And it's always the the ultimate class of sophistication as the people storm through. That's mine! 
And it's, for some reason, it always seems to happen at a Walmart. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But desire is also a fun thing. And I think important in a relationship, and certainly when it comes to sex. Because when we no longer desire it, it feels problematic. It oh, yeah. causes suffering in our relationships. And I hear all the time people say, oh, I've lost my desire. I just have no desire for mm-hmm. sex. And I always say, well, you didn't really lose it. There's mm-hmm. just some things that are getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And for us to keep that desire going, desire not just for sex, right. but desire to hang out with our partner, to be with our partner, to do things in life, to live with passion, we need to make an effort to have those things happen. Because if we just go on autopilot, it dies. We get stuck. We get stuck into routines. And you know, I've said it before, I don't think routines are bad, but getting stuck is. So it does require some effort. So I want to talk about desire because I think it's really important. And whether you are somebody who is you know, content where you are, perhaps maybe you're single and you don't really have a desire to be in a relationship. We can talk about that because I think being single by choice is certainly a valid choice. You get to make whatever choices work for you. But if it's a matter of, yeah, I kind of want it, but I don't really have that longing. I don't have that desire. So I'm just going to stay here where it's nice and easy and comfortable. And safe. And safe, right? That could happen in our in our relationships. It could happen in our profession. It can happen in how we spend our, our days mm-hmm. and our life. And so while there's certainly something to be said for comfort and certainty and safety, I don't know. I think there's a lot more. So it depends on what it is that you want. So what can create desire? And I think the first thing to talk about is what gets in the way of desire? The wallet. The wallet. How so? Well, there's a lot of that. Perfect examples is like the LA Auto Show. You'll have three days of these unbelievably extravagant, spectacularly gorgeous cars, nothing under two, $300,000. And there are people, the blue collar folks just flocking in. There's no Chevy Echoes in there. There's no little uh, Camaros that aren't souped up. It's just the ultimate. Right. But every guy walking in is, oh, I want that. Oh, that is So I'm going to say that feeds desire. Exactly. Because the person who can just, you know, pull out their, their black credit card or cash for that matter, mm-hmm. yeah, they get it. They desire it. Sure. They get it. But then the desire is gone. But, but then they go get another one. Right. So somebody who can't have it and they long mm-hmm. for it, they think about it, they fantasize about it. That's good stuff. Right. That actually feels really good. So... You know, I'm going to say the wallet, if it's filled with money, that can stop desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just another way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the difference is they can actually fulfill that desire, but then once it's fulfilled, it's no longer a desire. Now it's just another thing that they have. And is if a desire becomes an obsession, it can be good, can be bad, If it's especially if it's directed in one person one way and the other person is not sharing the same feeling, right? Right. Then we have to look at that and go, well, if you're obsessed with a person who has no interest in you, we need to take a look at what is actually going on. What is it you're actually wanting? Is it just about the wanting something you can't have? Because that happens all the time. People are into the pursuit. So let's talk about things that get in the way of desire. So one thing we've already talked about, having it. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, marriage is a perfect example of that. So you find a woman or a man and you think about them, you long for them, you pursue them because that's all you can think about. Ache for them. Oh yeah, it feels so good. I always tell people enjoy it because it's not going to last. Uh, but it's true. You you just you can't stop thinking about them, and it just feels so good. Food is no longer as important. Sleep is no longer as important. It is this person. It's in a way it's an obsession, but it's a good one. It mm-hmm. feels really good. Right. So you pursue and you pursue and you pursue, and then you get them. Right. How lucky are you? Now you have them. Now you settle in. Maybe you move in together. You see each other two, three times, four, five times a week. Before you know it, you're married. Then maybe you have kids. So where did the desire go? What happened? Yeah. And some people go, well, that's just the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to be. But it doesn't have to be. Exactly. And that's why we're talking about this. Because we are going to talk at the end of the show about how can you rekindle that desire Mm -hmm. and create desire, even if it's with something you already have. Absolutely. Right? Because the reality is we don't actually really have Mm -hmm. someone. And we need to know that. It's an illusion. You know, this idea of I can trust this person 100%. I will have them. soulmates. Yes, I will have them forever. Mm -hmm. They will never be interested in anyone else. I will never lose them. It's an illusion. It's just not true. And so when we can realize that and do some things that can feed that desire in us, it's a good thing. But some of the things that can kill it again is having it. Parenthood, as I mentioned, you know, when we get married and then we have kids, as wonderful as parenthood can be, and it is a beautiful time in a lot of couples' lives, it can also be, and often is, not always, mm-hmm. but often is a desire killer when it comes to couples and their sex life. Sure. I mean, they just, they're exhausted. Exactly. There's the key word. Okay, I've done this, I've done this, I did a 50-hour week, you did this, and you did this, and Yeah, who has the energy, right? And our our roles change. So we go from lovers and partners to parents, right? So we're no longer lovers. Now we're parents. Uh, A woman's boobs are no longer for sexual pleasure. Now they're for feeding a baby. The attention is all about the baby and the mother. And the father kind of gets, you know, left off there somewhere in the Mm -hmm. background. And it does create or can create some disconnection and as far as sexual desire or desire to do much of anything other than being focused on this kid, which is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the important piece here is recognize it for what it is, understand it. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. It's certainly valid. And I think even appropriate that you are going to be putting your attention on this baby that you just brought into the world who needs you for their survival. And there are things that you can do even when your parents, even new parents, to create some of that excitement and some of that desire. But again, there is some acceptance that things are going to be different, at least for a while when you have a newborn in your house. Of course. But here's the key thing is knowledge is power. There is so much information that is in the last 15, 20 years that you can circumvent all these things. You know what's coming. Yes. The old what to expect when you're expecting book and every person you speak to, you know it's coming. It's not going to be a surprise. 50, 100 years ago, oh, it's, well, I didn't know I was going to feel this way. Well, guess what? Everything is out there now. So you can start to work on the solutions before the problems become problems. Yes, and that's why we're talking about this. It's such an important thing. Because we're geniuses and we have all the answers. <laughs> Well, we try. We try to give you at least enough answers. Uh, And, you know, 
there's always new things to learn. So parenthood is when anger. Mm-hmm. I think anger can kill, certainly or kill our desire for a partner, our desire to want to love them, make them happy, certainly to make love with them. Anger is a big one. And anger is... I'm going to say a natural occurring emotion that's going to happen when you are living with somebody that you love. Exactly. We're humans. Right. And someone you love and you care about, you can feel very vulnerable with. And so they can push those buttons. Oh, yeah. They can push them like nothing else. So when you get those buttons pushed and you just, you know, really we talk about what is anger underneath anger more often than not is fear and pain. Mm -hmm. So when you're living with somebody and you love them, and you have opened up your heart to them, and made yourself vulnerable to them, it's a scary place. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to go to that place of anger. And when it doesn't get addressed, and it doesn't get resolved, over time, that anger builds up, and it builds up, and it's resentment. And before you know it, you don't even like your partner anymore. Yeah, you start nitpicking. If you say, for instance, you get cut off on the freeway, and you're just ranting and raving when you come home, and your partner's like, well, why don't you just calm down? I don't know why you're making such a big deal. And you're just like, hey, just a little support here. Let me vent. And you feel less and less included. And it's like, okay, fine. My feelings are diminished. Anger is going to simmer. There's not going to be any hanky-panky that night. It's like, oh, you know, F you. Right. Or nights after that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that will get in the way of desire is boredom. Right? Hello, so, Betty. I mean, if, in, this could be in bed and out of bed, but if you're doing something and it is no longer enjoyable, it's no longer fun, it's no longer exciting, in other words, it's boring, mm-hmm. your desire for it is going to diminish. I mean, that just makes sense. And so keeping ourselves challenged and keeping ourselves excited and keeping things new and fun in our lives and in our relationships is really important. I mean, it's even like that with working out. So you may be on a new workout plan, right? And you're loving it. You're starting to run or you're starting to go to the gym or whatever you're starting to do. And you start you get into it, right? So you're doing this thing, same thing every day, every day. You go on running, same place, same way, same, mm-hmm. same routine. And I mean, after a while... It can get boring and it's no longer fun anymore. And so it's important to switch things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you have to switch running. In other words, if you're with the partners, I mean, you need to switch partners, but you can switch the way that you do it. So how you do it, what you're thinking about, what your focus is. There's lots of ways to switch those things up. And we're going to talk about that. But boredom is definitely a desire killer. It's a big one. Another thing that can get in the way of our, certainly our sexual desire or our desire for living or life or anything is our physical health, right? I mean, if we're not feeling well, we're in any kind of pain, we're not feeling any energy, we're just feeling sick. Yeah. You Fun- especially, you know, a score throat or something I could kind of work around. If I got a gut thing, a problem with the stomach, just not feeling good, the, no, there's no chance. Right? There's There's no no desire to do anything when you're not feeling well. I mean, even doing something that you might typically enjoy, maybe Mm -hmm. it's going for a walk or going to a movie or out to dinner, you're not feeling well, you don't want to do anything. And sex is a big one. You really don't want to have sex when, like you said, you got something going on Mm -hmm. in your stomach or you have, you know, the old, I've got a headache. Right. Although, apparently sex is a good cure for a headache. I always prescribe to it. (laughs) Dr. Orgasm makes a house call. (laughs) I have tried it. It, It's true, I think. Yeah, it can work. Um, The other thing is, which goes along with our physical health, is medication. And so one of the first things I ask couples when they come in and they talk about 
something's wrong. They just, they don't feel any desire anymore. They have no, they have no, no lust, no libido, none of that. And I always do want to at least rule out that there isn't some kind of medication mm-hmm. because so many people are taking medication these days. And that's what, one of the little byproducts. Yeah, it really is for a lot of them, whether mm-hmm. it's blood pressure medication, birth control pills, certainly SSRIs, and pills that medication we may not even be aware of. Yep. So it is something to, to think about. You don't want to stop taking that medication, but you do want to maybe talk to your doctor if you find that something is different, something has changed, and you started taking a medication or you've been taking it for a while, and it is a concern of yours, definitely to talk to your doctor and find out if there's any other options for you is really, really important. And I do find that that's a big one, one of the first ones that I'll... Sure. Well, one of the, our Bibles of the business, the DSM, is is depression, and one of the things for depression you look for is lack of interest in things that used to bring you pleasure. Exactly. And that's actually another desire killer, mm-hmm. our emotional or our mental health. Exactly. And, you know, people get depressed for for good reasons oftentimes. Yeah, you absolutely. know, so we could say, well, is there a chemical imbalance? Yeah, there can be. But more often than not, people are depressed because their lives are depressing. Something has happened. Maybe they have... A, a change in their life. Maybe they have lost their partner. Maybe they have struggles, uh, financial struggles, or things in their job. Maybe there's just things that they're doing differently or not doing that used to give them pleasure. So it's sort of a chicken egg thing. Yeah, it's yeah. all of the above. Right. So you don't, you can feel depressed when you feel depressed, you don't have any desire to do things that used to give you joy. But if you don't do things that give you joy, you can get depressed. Right. So, you know, it's just really taking an inventory and understanding what might be going on. Uh, negative thoughts. So sometimes if we just, and we all have negative thoughts, but if we can get caught up in those negative thoughts, whatever they might be, that can cause us to feel depressed, can certainly take away our lack of desire. So if we have a desire to achieve something in our life, whatever that might be, and the negative thoughts might be, oh, I can never do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Oh, everybody else is doing that. Oh, I really don't have the time. We're telling ourselves those things those negative thoughts, mm-hmm. those are going to get in the way. When we're also focusing on negative things about our partner, oh, he or she never does this, they always do this, oh, my last partner was so much better. When we're focusing on all of the negative things in our relationship and about our partner, the last thing that we're going to feel is loving or sexual with them. So that's a really important one. Sure. I mean, any kind of fear, stress, guilt, anxiety, or even negative body image. It's another mm-hmm. thing that can get in the way. Oh, yeah. If we don't feel comfortable and confident being naked, how can we allow ourselves to fully enjoy a sexual experience? And if we have sex time after time and it's not enjoyable for fill in all of the blanks mm-hmm. of reasons why that can be, maybe you're not communicating what you like, maybe you're so in your head about performance or your body, uh, whatever it might be, you feel just unknowing or unsure or lack of confidence, and sex becomes, we'll just say, an unpleasurable or lack of pleasure in the experience, you're not going to feel like having it again. So it's just going to be a matter of time before your desire for sex stops. Exactly. And it's the huge key point that we always talk about is communication. It, the old, it's not you, it's me. And legitimately, it could be that. If you're feeling down and, and showing signs of depression from all these stressors in your life, and you're just not in the mood, the other person, you have to express that or communicate a little so the other person doesn't say, I could just sneeze and you 
be all over me. Now, what's, what's going on? It must be me. No, it's not you. Right. There's legitimacy to what causes these things to change. Right. And being able to talk about it and understand that, no, this isn't natural. It doesn't mm. have to go this way. And if you believe right. that, which a lot of people do, again, as we get older, as we're in a relationship, yeah, that desire goes away. And when we understand, no, actually, it can be quite the contrary. Our desire, if we plan for it, if we make an effort, if we do things differently, can actually grow. Mm-hmm. It can. Uh, the other thing is unrealistic expectations, and that's what we're talking about. If we expect that things are supposed to be a certain way and they're not, maybe we expect that our partner should just get an erection when they look at us. Right. right? And I've heard that. Why don't I turn him on? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, he just he, he needs so much for me to be able to turn right. him on. And, you know, he he should just be able to just see me naked and that should be enough Mm -hmm. for him. Well, no. I mean, that's an unrealistic expectation or that everybody has to come and everybody has to come simultaneously. And my body has to look this way and we have to do it this many times. Lots of unrealistic expectations can get in the way. All this nonsense into a big stew inside your head and you need to throw in the normal life stress. Right. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take a hot shower and go to bed. Right, why bother? Or I'm going to take a nice big solid scotch and forget about it. Yeah. Because you you put yourself in a position where instead of being the pleasurable desire in result, where you desire them, they desire you, and then it's fantastic, you've now made it this like a job at work. Right. And now you're dealing with traffic and and an a-hole boss. All these things, you go, what? It's another thing to do. And you know what? It's really not that great anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody wants to do that. Old grass is always greener. Well, the new secretary walked by and she smiled at me. Oh, maybe I should be thinking about that. Exactly. She looks like she'd be fun. And all of a sudden the drifting goes. Right. Or it's just so much easier and more satisfying to just, you know, Bingo. go on the go on the internet, mm-hmm. watch a little porn and choke the rub chicken. one out. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> it's true. And it is. It's so exactly. much easier. It becomes a medicinal release. Right. Done. There's no passion, there's no lust. It is just re- medicinal release. And can negatively impact our of partner course. sex. Of can. Course. Doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. but for many it does. And I well, know I think that's I one it. of the allures of the classic affair is you meet the person that every time you get together oh it's wine and dine it's sexy and hot boom 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 okay see you later in a couple of weeks yeah you go home to your wife you're relaxed you just had this hot babe all over you well guess what it's not real that's you're not dealing with the day-to-day nonsense of the parent of the responsibility of paying the bills the honeydews all that crap that's the lure so if you can create some of that in your relationship Mm -hmm. Some adventure, some mystery, some unavailability that can make a difference. And again, we're going to talk about that. But let's talk about, we're talking about unrealistic expectations. Let's talk about some myths that I think can make a big difference for people. And I think the biggest myth that I see that I think really messes up with people, or more importantly, when they understand this, it can change things for them, is that they believe that sex needs to be preceded by sexual desire, or they need to feel horny, right? So, oh yeah, I need to feel horny. And so why doesn't my partner feel horny, or why don't I feel horny? Like there must be something wrong. So that's when they think there's something wrong with their mm-hmm. with their libido or their desire. When the fact is, the truth is, is that desire for sex 
usually will follow some kind of sexual stimulation. So it's okay to need some kind of sexual stimulation to get aroused before you have the desire to have sex. I would say for a lot of people, especially women, that is the norm. So what is sexually stimulating? Well, it could be friction. It might You might actually need to be touched in a sexual mm-hmm. way. It could be music. It could be you know, acts of kindness or generosity. It could be anything, you know, just a a lovely conversation or a sexy, erotic conversation. So stimulation comes in many different forms. And finding out what stimulates you and what seduces you, letting your partner know that, finding ways to tease and seduce one another is going to make a huge difference when you understand that you need to be stimulated before you feel aroused before you feel desire. Because people, when they feel that they don't have that desire, it stops them. And there's no room there for anything to develop. There's no room for sexual stimulation when you say, hey, you want to have sex? No, I'm too tired. Yeah, that's the most seductive thing. Hey, want to have sex? <sighs> yeah. uh, no. I'm too tired. Let's watch a movie instead. Yeah. When or you're no, 17, maybe, the answer would always be yes. But. Right. Things change. Maybe tomorrow. Sure. So understanding that, you know, that's not going to... for generally speaking, it can at times, but Mm -hmm. if you're counting on that or waiting for that, you're going to be in trouble. The other one is that people think that desire discrepancy is is how it's been coined, right? Which meaning that one person wants sex more than the other or their sexual desire is higher. So desire discrepancy, it was a while ago, people were, that's all they talked about. Oh yeah, this is the biggest problem in, you know, in America or with couples could be worldwide. And The truth is, is that we all have desire discrepancy. We all have different amounts of desire. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem by itself. And by the way, it can change. So maybe it's the man. Sometimes it's the woman who has a higher sex drive and one person has a lower sex drive. That's normal. But the thing is, is to understand that that can change. And it's a pretty unusual situation, if not extremely rare when people are together for any length of time that they're going to have the exact same desire for sex in the same way at the same time. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So it's not so much a problem by itself. It's the, I think the meaning that we give it Mm. and how we deal with it. And when we think of it as, oh, this is a serious problem. There's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with me. Then it really feeds those negative thoughts again. And we start thinking about all the things that are wrong and therefore we don't really do anything to make a difference other than trying to maybe change our partner, which doesn't work either, rather than being curious and understanding what we can do that would feel better for all of us. Yeah, it just it occurred to me if, if you both have a similar work schedule, alarm goes off at 6.30, you both get out of bed. Okay, imagine if the alarm went off. Okay, we got to fuck. Okay, <laughs> bing, let me look. It's the fuck alarm. Let's go. That may be kind of fun. It could work. Set something up at some point. It could just definitely randomly, work. Yeah. On, especially on a weekend where you don't have other plans, just kind of randomly uh, set the alarm to whatever. And when that alarm goes off, we're going to get busy. <laughs> that might be fun. Why not? Yeah. I'm a big fan of the scheduling Mm -hmm. because I think when you schedule, what you're saying to each other is let's create the space and time, the sacred space and time for us to focus on one another and focus on giving and receiving pleasure and playing with one another, having fun. Thinking of sex is not as a thing to do, not as an obligation, but as something that is 
fun, pleasurable. You know, I hear people, they say, oh, you know, our lives are too busy. They're too stressed. We just don't have the desire or the time for sex. And I say, if your lives are so stressed and so busy, you need to give yourself Bingo. this. This is the most nurturing thing you can do, not just for your relationship and your partner, but for you. It reduces the anxiety level. It reduces your blood pressure. You will relax. Yeah. And you will feel more connected to your mm-hmm. partner. You will laugh more mm-hmm. you know, during the day. Sure. It, you will. And when your partner leaves their socks on the floor or whatever it might be, it's you can not say, gonna... hey, you knocked my socks off last night. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. It, it won't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it, it is true. So it's really important. It's funny. There's a new book, uh, Rabbi Shmuley, he wrote a book called Kosher Sex. And, uh, I love it. No, actually, it's not kosher sex. It's kosher lust is what it's called. Does this take place in a deli? He says, no, he's, he's actually quite brilliant. I really like the things that he has to say. He says, love is not the answer. Lust is the answer. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. In other words, we have love in a lot of different ways from a lot of different sources in our life. But lust is something really magical, special. I mean, it's sacred that we have in our relationships. And when we can keep that going and we can keep that exciting, that keeps our relationships thriving and Mm -hmm. keeps us close. Love, I mean, obviously love is important. And he says that too. But But there is something important about that sexual feeling and that he calls it lust. You know, I call it desire or whatever you want to call it. It is feeling alive. It's feeling connected to your partner. So it really is important. Okay, so we promised we would talk about ways that you can increase your sexual desire or increase your desire, period. And I do think it is not just about sex. I think sex is one way we feel alive. It's one way we can feel connected and feel like our relationship is thriving and growing in the right direction. It is important. But individually, feeling desire for living, you know, a desire for life, Mm -hmm. for new experiences, that's important too. And we are motivated to do things rather than sort of resting on our laurels. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting how it parallels our individual mental well-being, our success, our level of happiness and contentment, and certainly our relationships. It's important in everything. And, you know, when you think about it, a lot of times we're so busy doing the quote-unquote right thing. So a lot of times, yeah, people don't do that. And they're like, well, yeah, because I'm working my butt off trying to pay my bills and taking care of the family. Or, you know, I'm taking care of the kids and I'm going grocery shopping and I'm doing paying this bill and I'm taking care of this person. And, you know, now we have the sandwich generation, right? Taking care of my parents, taking care of my kids, do we taking care of people at work. Taking care of the sandwich. It's important. And these things are important. And But we're so busy doing that and we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Those other things, while we can do it well enough we're not actually going to be doing it as fully and as well as we could be if we were being selfish. So one of the best things to increase your desire, sexual or otherwise, is really to be selfish. And that is really important. Not in the meaning of we're going to be selfish where we're hurting other people or not thinking or considering other people's needs. This is selfish in thinking about what you want for yourself, 
what you need for yourself. So that's important. And it can be about your pleasure in anything, in sex, in life, things that you used to enjoy that you're not, what are the, that you're not enjoying anymore? What are those things that you forgot about? Think about fun. Think about pleasure. Think about ways to love yourself. Well, if you found yourself feeling low, you feel like you're in a rut, feel like it's the same old, same old, then change up the same old, same old. If you're physically able, start working out. You don't have to join a gym and do Pilates and spend thousands of dollars. Just go for a long walk, a long walk. Decide, get a different haircut, change the color of your hair, uh, change your outfit a little. Just change up the things because if you're in a rut, that means it's the same old, same old. Whatever you can do to change that, try a different kind of food. Join a class. Yes. Express yourself in a different way. There's so many different things, especially unless you live on top of a freaking mountain. There is a community college within the throw a rock at you can find. And every one of those has adult education. They have classes and workshops that you can go to. You expand your horizons. Just spending an evening out where you would have just sat in front of the TV watching another mindless show. You're out. You so never many know who resources. you're going to meet yeah. and what you're going to experience could spark something else. You go to an art gallery. This is phenomenal. Guess what? The next day you're buying some paint, little acrylics, something like that. Now you got another Trying hat. something new exactly. or even going to a meetup group. And you can Shake go to meetup.com, meet new people, do mm. new things, do things that you do enjoy with mm. other people. Right. And it's wonderful. I mean, look, there even are... YouTube and right. iTunes and things that you can do and learn about online, which is exactly. good. Exactly. Everything is online. Now. You can you can learn anything, learn a new skill. You know, I study Italian. Every day I learn, I learn something. <laughs> it is good. So, and that is actually a good thing, you know, the saying of do something every day that scares you. But I know for me, what I do is I learn something every day. Mm-hmm. It, it's reading a book. Maybe it's a professional book. Maybe it is studying Italian. Uh, maybe it's watching a documentary, but I have an intention. My right. intention is to learn something every single day, which helps me grow. And it does keep that desire for living. Yes. And look, at it's not always easy. And like you were saying, committing to a healthy lifestyle, whether it's exercising, uh, doing something with a partner where mm-hmm. you're doing something that feels good for both of you is a good thing. And to you got to dive in. You can't just think about it and talk about it. How many people, especially this, we're coming up to the end of the year, New Year's resolution. I know a few people who've owned gyms and they always chuckle going, oh, January, February, we're going to be ka-ching, which means they make so much dough. Oh, yeah. Because people line up to join and we never see them in March for the rest of the year. And those slots are open now to get more fish in. Yep. But the bottom line is, here's the perfect metaphor. I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, what are you doing? Nothing. Changing diet? No. Exercising? No. Uh, So how do you think this is going to happen then? Guess what? You got to do something. So you have to change up what you're doing to make any result worthwhile. In anything. And so that's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. It's just about how do you feel alive? And then you feel better about yourself. That becomes the magnet to your partner. Wow, you were really looking great. Well, guess what? In the last month, I stopped sugar. I shopped uh, white bread or whatever. And all of a sudden, the results are, if you can do it, I can do it. Now you're doing it together. Same thing about learning and studying something. A new desire because you're discovering things together. Yeah, and like you said, new foods. It could yeah, be cooking. It could be new restaurants. All these it, things. Yeah, new places. There's so many things. And when it comes to our relationships and sex, trying new things together, learning something new about mm-hmm. your partner. We've talked about this in communication before and talking about talking. Being interested. There are things that you can learn about right. your partner. Tell me something that 
that I don't know, that you never told me, or that mm-hmm. no one knows. Uh, it's also about trying new things sexually, remembering to kiss. By the way, that's an important one. And mm-hmm. kissing can definitely increase that desire, especially when you're making out with no expectation for any kind of sex. You know, do it in the car, like the old days, Mm -hmm. when you know you can't have sex or you're not going to have sex, to just create that kind of desire. Because again, what we don't have, what's unavailable, is always going to create some desire in us. Uh, You know, sex things up. Make your bedroom sexy. Dress sexy. Do things to make you feel sexy. And that is going to be good for you and for your partner to see you in that way. Mm -hmm. Keep some mystery. Do some things on your own. You know, have that time apart. Have that time together in ways, maybe sneak away for a lunch or a nooner. Mm -hmm. Creating new things, novelty, adventure, fun. And when you do those things, your desire will start to increase. All of a you'll feel the temperature rising again. Yes, right? but remember, you also need to eliminate or at least decrease those things that are getting in the way mm-hmm. of your desire. So your action step for today is to take a look at the things that might be blocking your sexual desire. Is it anger? Is it boredom? What is it? And be able to address those things for yourself, with yourself, and then with your partner. Not in a, hey, you know, you did this or you never do this, but here's what I'm realizing. I'm realizing that I've been holding on to some anger and I don't want to do that anymore. Let go of the negative nonsense and the resentment and all that. And focus on the positive. Look at your partner as a sexual creature. It's interesting when people discover affairs, Oftentimes, I'm going to say majority of the time, when they come in to see me right after they have discovered this, it ends up that they start having more sex. And the partner is like, well, why do I feel like having sex now? And, you know, unfortunately, that's usually short-lived. But the reason is because now, or at least one of the reasons, is they see that they can lose their partner. They see that their partner is actually desirable by other people. So it just, it wakes some things up. Well, you don't have to have an affair happen for those things to happen. Your partner is a sexual person. There are other people who probably can look at your partner and desire them sexually or otherwise. Look at your partner with those eyes. Don't take that for granted that this person is there or that they're always going to be there and treat them in that way. And you're going to find some differences there. So look at the things that are getting in your way. Take an inventory of that. Maybe have some conversations with your partner. Try some things in your relationship that can add things or in your life, whether it's trying a new skill or learning about new places or experiencing new things and see what happens. We do want to hear your successes. Those are always important. We like hearing about those. We also want to hear your comments and your questions, and we will answer those. You just send that to me at laurie at drlauriebuckley.com, or you can go to the website, drlauriebuckley.com. You can send a letter to Mark or to me, and we will answer you either personally or on the show. And we'll be doing that in the next few weeks. We'll be answering those questions and reading some of your stories. And I do appreciate the people who have sent them. We love getting them. And it does make us happy to hear your success stories because that's what we want for you. We want you to have that happiness, that lust, that desire. It's there. It's never lost. Exactly. It's all within you. 
It's there. It's just being buried by some other things. So go out there and find it. And that's our show for today. Bingo. We look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to be talking about love, sex, and food, one of our favorite topics. Hubba hubba. (laughs) Bye, everyone.